Michelle. Hi, I'm Caitlin. Welcome to Better Words. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hello, yes, hello, everyone. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's, <laughs> it's Christmas Eve Eve. I know, isn't it great? <laughs> I always love saying Christmas Eve Eve. I don't know why. Um, but it's fun. Um, so before we, I think, for this intro we could have a little bit of a chat but I just really want to jump straight into this fun little thing that I've prepared for this episode in particular okay so this interview obviously people will be able to see in the episode title and description we're talking to Tara Eglinton about her book The Long Distance Playlist and as everyone probably knows I'm in Australia and Michelle is in the UK so Mm -hmm. I've made us our own long distance playlist for our friendship Oh, that's really cute. Aww. I know. <laughs> that's so cute. So, um, so I'm just going to, I thought maybe we could, I'll just tell you the songs. I've only got like 10 songs or something. And then um, we can maybe just say a little quick thing about each song just for this intro. Okay. That's great. <laughs> so the first one is Cheap Thrills by Sia. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure why exactly, but we just loved that song. We so just sang it in the car, like every time we got in the car together, which was a lot yes. at one point. Yeah, about circa <sighs> that song being released. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next one is the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend theme from season one. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. We- because we would always sing along and we'd watch mm-hmm. the show together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next one is Anything Goes from <laughs> Anything Goes. Yes. Oh. Um, because obviously, um, I think we've told this story before, but we met during a production of Anything Goes and the name of the podcast is actually from a lyric in that song, which is yes. very fun. Yeah, so that's very, very cute. <laughs> Next is She Loves You by The Beatles. Which Aww, I, thanks. Yeah, I just picked because I really like that song and you really like The Beatles. <laughs> um, and then the next one is Incredible Thoughts um, by Lonely Island and Michael Bolton. <laughs> So I don't know whether we've talked about this much on the podcast, but I love Lonely Island. I sing the songs all the time to Jack. I, I know, love it I know so that, much. I know that you both really love them and like that pop star, Never to Stop, Never Stopping, whatever it's called movie. <laughs> the best so movie funny. ever. Oh, God. And like we all love Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Andy yep. Samberg, so it's just like perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what my favourite one of their songs is, though. Maybe maybe I'm so humble or Mona Lisa. I tend to go to those a lot. I, I'll just yeah. sing them. <laughs> no, I'm too humble. Oh, if people no, haven't I... heard of Lonely Island, they need to check They need to check Lonely yeah. Island out. Like, oh, it's so Absolutely. good. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then next is Good Morning from Singing in the Rain. <gasps> I love that. <laughs> That's so cute. <sighs> um, Galway Girl by Ed Sheeran. Yes, perfect. Yep. 
Um, sorry, yes, we went and saw Ed Sheeran together yeah. and singing these songs. Um, and and it's a great song. The, exactly, it's a great song. Similar vibe on this next one, Dangerous Woman by Ariana Grande. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, and the next one is another one from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but I think our favourite is the Sexy Getting Ready song. <laughs> It's the sexy getting ready song. Oh my god! Yes. Um, oh. I only have two more. So the next one, Twenty Two by Taylor Swift. <laughs> I remember doing sang, karaoke. To yeah, that we my sang karaoke. Uh huh. Karaoke for your twenty second birthday. So fun. Um, oh. and then the last one is Everybody Say Yeah from Kinky Boots. Oh yes, because we went to see Kinky Boots together. Yes. And, and it's a great musical. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, my God, our I love those songs. Friendship playlist. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. That, like, literally is perfect. Perfect for Thank us. You. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Now I want to go and listen to them all. Oh. oh, that's so sweet. I love that. Yeah, so I thought that would be a bit of fun um, before this episode. Um, we just loved chatting to Tara so much. Mm, it um, was really good. Yeah. And, of course, it's, you know, it's Christmas time. So just sort of be a bit of fun extra thing because do you even have much else to say, like, on our regular reading, watching anything because well, I don't I feel like it's the same I, as our last episode well actually I do um because sure. the reason I'm the reason I'm talking a little bit quieter is because we're staying at an Airbnb in Manchester we're about to leave and go get breakfast um because last night we saw Jack Whitehall live oh great how was it it was so funny <laughs> it was so good um unfortunately we had watched the new Christmas special first oh so there was quite similar um I wouldn't say it was quite similar there were some of the same jokes but in different ways um but if you've watched that like watch the Christmas special the Christmas emu musical that they do at the end they did that on stage okay well that sounds hilarious but I haven't even watched it it was so good I should watch it I like Jack Whitehall I I think I remember the first thing I sort of watched of his was like a clip that came up on Facebook or something of him doing like a five-minute set. And it was all about how he went to school with Robert Pattinson. Yes, that's from one of his other stand-ups. Yeah. 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 It's like his nemesis. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it was was very funny. And um, if anyone enjoys his stand-up on Netflix – this was like that, but way, way funnier because it was like all swearing, all like no Netflix rating. So no it was just bad. all out. Yeah, it was really good. And he did like two halves. And he said at the end of the first one, he's like, I'm, I do that joke to like test the crowd and you passed. So we're going to go all out <laughs> in the second one. Um, it was really good. His support acts were really good as well. In fact, I really want to see his first support act, Lloyd Griffiths. I really want to see him when he's touring the UK. Um, I'm going to see if we can get tickets to him because he was hilarious. Um, really, really enjoyed him. So, yeah, it was a great night. It was 
massive. It was a huge arena gig. It was like wow. it was bigger than the Brisbane Entertainment Centre. Like it was massive. Whoa. Yeah. Like whoa. Okay. I know. I know. It was the Manchester Arena. It was huge. Holy shit. All right. I know. Oh my god. Yeah, it was okay. it was really good. Um, so I'm very glad that we went to see that. And then the other thing that I just want to talk about briefly, because I know you will appreciate this, um, and our list, I, I've got, I know where to watch it in the UK and in Australia, so I've done some research, but I've facts. been a bit sick lately, so thankfully I've got my voice back to talk to you. But um, I spent my sick days in bed binging a show called My Mad Fat Diary. And it is brilliant. Oh, we've got a little kitty visitor in our room. Hi, Howard. Hi, Howard. Hello. (laughs) So cute. Um, So I've been binging my Mad Fat Diary. Um, It is set in the mid-90s in Lincolnshire in England, which is Mm -hmm. sort of southwest of us. Um, and look, I'll be honest, um, not the most appealing accent out there, but anyway, (laughs) it's very British. Um, but like the soundtrack is all like Oasis and, um, basically it starts with Ray who is 16 and she was in hospital, um, after a mental breakdown, she was self-harming. And um, it basically starts at the point where she is leaving the hospital mm-hmm. and going back into the real world and how she copes wow. with that and these friends that she finds and boys. And I think if you enjoy or if you enjoyed as a teenager, like anger songs and perfect snogging, like that sort of like slightly overdramatic about the boys and stuff, but with this added seriousness and discussion of like serious mental illnesses and stuff, it's like the perfect combination of it. Like it's really funny, but then it gets really serious and dark too. And then the soundtrack's amazing. And I totally have like a little bit of a crush on the guys that she fancies too. Like they're quite, they're so cute. Um, But in like a teenager way, not in a weird way. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, mm, if I was 16, like I would totally have a crush on him too. Um, but okay. I just, because I've been sick too, I just was like, I don't want to do anything but lay in bed. I literally watched probably seven or eight episodes in one day. <laughs> They're like 40 minutes. Like I just laid Love in bed it. watching it. Um, but Love a sick day. Oh, I just, well, I'm, I don't have them very often. Um, mm. But the other thing you know there's lots of in here about body image and stuff so Ray's um overweight and she has a lot of issues around that which I definitely related to a lot like there's a point where she makes a decision that's like totally heartbreaking because she'd rather do that than like reveal her body to someone who might fancy her like it's just it's so heartbreaking because I've like that's what I would have been like as a teenager so um yeah it's been like really touching but then it's really funny too 
it's hard to describe, but it's based yeah. on a book of the same name, I think, by Ray Earl. And that book is based on her own teenage experiences. So I kind of want to read the book now. Um, I've heard her interviewed on podcasts before and she sounds really interesting. So, um, yeah, it's really good. It's on Stan in Australia. And so all episodes are on Stan. And then for my UK pals, it's on Channel 4 box sets. Um, So you can watch it for free on that and Stan is paid so yeah but yeah I just I love it and I know you will love it too so please watch it and tell me what you think (laughs) oh that is getting added to the watch list you finished Dracula Dracula. yeah Yeah, yeah. so I finished a classic um I feel like this is a a momentous (laughs) occasion for me um I loved it I really loved it I would go so far as to say it's maybe one of my favorite books now it's really good Oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So. I actually, I mean, it's completely unrelated to everything <laughs> you've just said, basically. But um, I saw Frozen 2 this afternoon. Oh. Um, it was so good. I was like, oh, is it going to hold up? Because the first one was like, it was really amazing, like, to see it for the first time I remember seeing it for the first time it was very good the music is like so captivating um and Frozen 2 is the same and it's just like a bit more of these characters that we grow to love and I love that we get to see how these like you know it's not just Disney princesses you know like she's the queen and it's not just oh will we get with the guy or whatever like we see Anna and Kristoff like in a relationship and he's trying to figure out how to pose. So cute. Aww, that is cute. Yeah. Um it was really I have great. to ask. And yes. Are you gonna go see cats? I can't make up my mind, honestly. Oh my God. I can't make up my mind. Please save your money and buy a book instead. It looks horrendous. I I I really don't know. I don't think I would go see it in the movies, but like I am so curious I know but don't feed don't make it a box office success just because you're curious I know right but that's what's gonna happen everyone will be like I just can't believe that the cast that it's got no one was like you know guys please stop don't do this it's a good good idea In theory, Uh, it's a good idea. If they wore face paint and costumes, good idea. CGI is what ruined it. Yeah, I mean, and the CGI boobs, like that just, I still can't get my head around that. Um, Oh, I've loved reading the reviews, though. Yeah, it's so funny. The scathing reviews. Yeah. I think the confusing thing is that they crawl around like cats with their tails wagging, but then they stand up and tap dance, and it's like, be one or the other, don't be both. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Anyway. It's yeah, absolutely insane. Um, so go see Frozen Two instead. Yeah, I can totally recommend Frozen Two. Very good. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, oh, I'm so glad anyway. you enjoyed it. So that was like my one of, you know, Christmas movie tick. Um mm-hmm. counts as a Christmas movie. Because of snow. because um, of snow, yep. No. Anyway. So, Merry Christmas, Michelle. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, one and all. 
um thank you for thank you for being with us um this year even though it's been a bit you know we changed things up and we appreciate you sticking with us for it and we will be back in the new year um this season is running until about march yeah yeah Yeah. so we appreciate you joining us for that awesome now we appreciate you enjoying this episode and this interview (laughs) enjoy Today's guest is an author whose books have been published in Australia, New Zealand and the USA. She originally is from beautiful Byron Bay on New South Wales' north coast, but now spends her time living between Australia and her new home in New Zealand. Her fourth novel, The Long Distance Playlist, was just released, and so we are very, very pleased to welcome Tara Eglinton to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be on Better Words podcast. Oh, oh so, so excited lovely. to have you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we're very excited. Um, yeah. I think let's just jump straight into questions. So as Michelle just mentioned, you spend your time between Australia and New Zealand and the long distance playlist is told from two perspectives. Taylor lives in New Zealand and is older in Australia. So please tell us a bit about why you wanted to have them in different countries. Yeah, um, that was a really big part of the novel. So the novel, um, the idea, the original idea um, for the long distance playlist actually came into my mind about 20 years ago. um, Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Two decades. I've been carrying this um this story around, which is a very long time. Um, and so the original idea started when I was 15 um, years old, and um, as you were saying, I was living in Byron Bay, um, and I was pen pals um, with a boy from. Uh, the middle of America in um, uh, a gorgeous part of America with frozen lakes and beautiful mountains. Um, So a completely different place to where I was living. And um, he and I would, this was back in the days of the late 90s. So there was still, you know, physical letters. So we were sending each other letters in the mail. Um, We were emailing each other. Um, We were, um, you know, doing a bit of chatting online as that was starting. Um, And it was across about three and a half years of my life from the age of 15 to 18. So he and I were kind of connecting about all sorts of different things that were happening in our lives at that formative age. Um, And that was a really special um, relationship for me. So I always knew that I wanted to write this story about um, a boy and a girl who lived an ocean apart, but they were incredibly close emotionally. So for me, um, you know, I obviously um, have lived in Sydney, love Sydney. Um, I wanted to, this is the first of my novels to kind of be set in a real place, really. So for me, I wanted to set um, something in Australia, a, a city that I knew and loved. And then Queenstown as well has been a really special um, place for me Um, and my husband. We've been visiting there for years. And it's just I think it's the closest thing to 
like fairy tale beautiful it's um you know amazing snow-covered mountains and these huge blue lakes and um gorgeous little birds that are straight out of disney um it's <laughs> it's such a beautiful place and um my husband and i have been visiting there for years um because he's an avid snowboarder and it just became you know i always wanted the the boy in the story to be somewhere that was sort of this uh, you know, winter-ish um, environment and him being a snowboarder, it just became the perfect place to kind of set a story. So that's kind of the the origin between, you know, setting this, this book between two places. Wow. That's incredible. I love yeah. that. I can't believe it was inspired by a real pen pal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I look back, like, it's really cool this, um, I'm going to be sharing some more about, you know, the real life inspiration behind the book um, on social soon. Like, uh, I think it was two days ago. So I've kept all the letters that he sent me um, across the years. And I've still got like the physical letters. And it's amazing. Like, I took them all out. And there's postcards and there's um uh, I even had printed emails of some of the special like emails that he'd sent me that I once upon a time before you know you had your phone to just bring up your emails um you know back then you you didn't yeah. so if you had a special email sometimes you'd print it out and you'd carry it around with you I'm showing my age now but um <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, and I had photos and he'd sent me drawings and, um, uh, you know, because we'd, we'd exchange things. He he was big on art and design, so he'd send me his drawings and I was sort of uh, writing some short stories and songs and things like that back then. So I would send those to him. So, yeah, it's it's been really cool to actually, um, you know, pull all of those out and, and look over them. It's like this sort of a bit of a time capsule. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, how special. It's amazing. So how did you get him as a pen pal then? Was it like a pen pal scheme or did you know each other some other way? It was really um, odd. So I had a family member um, who had met his father and – uh, for some reason, I think because of his last name, um, this family member had, had thought that they had had a connection in the past and they got talking and they said, oh, um, you know, uh, you know, I've got uh, this a girl this age. And he said, oh, I've got, um, you know, a boy this age. And my um, my son is like uh, he's fascinated by Australia. He's always wanted to travel there. Um you know, I'm sure he'd, why don't they say hello? So I think it started, with, yeah, this, this phone call. And then I, you know, I got this letter and this was back in 1999 and, um, you know, 15 year old me, I was like, oh, I remember him saying, you know, like, uh, you know, what are your interests? What are you passionate about? You know, like all these really interesting questions in this initial email. And he's like, oh, you know, you barely know me, but, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to sort of start chatting. And, yeah, that's where it started. And it's quite amazing to, you know, over time to share all sorts of things, like same as um, Taylor and um, Isolde or Izzy um, in the book. You know, there were big things, um, often difficult things that were happening at that particular age when I was a teenager um, for him and for I. So, 
you know, quite often we were confiding in each other about quite deep stuff. And this connection with somebody who was, you know, a, a very like what a 15, 16 hour plane ride away from me or something. But to feel that close to somebody was, yeah, it was a really special um, connection. Could you, like, did you tell him things that you wouldn't tell other people because he was so far away? Or, like, do you think that was one of the reasons why you felt that you could just be completely honest? Because maybe, like, you probably thought, I'm never going to meet him either. Probably, yeah. Like, I remember, obviously, it was kind of a different, very different kind of time back then in a way because, you know, you had your world that was, you know, you're a teenager, you're at school, you have your friends, you have your social circle there. I was very much centralised. It's quite different to now where, you know, with social media you're connecting with lots of different people all the time. So, yeah, it was kind of this thing of, of you know, maybe I there were very deep things that I you know, didn't feel comfortable sharing with the people in my immediate, uh, you know, circle that, yeah, I was able to confide in him. I think a lot of the time I was very shy as a teenager and just very quiet and I I was hopeless at at talking to boys at the time like just absolutely <laughs> absolutely hopeless um you know I'd just go red I wouldn't know what to say like it would be three days later and I'd think of the perfect response and <laughs> <laughs> to be able to you know to write for me I'm a lot more um oh, I'd say coherent like my thoughts are a lot clearer on paper than they ever are verbally so mm. you know I felt like I was able to kind of perfectly capture how I was feeling or what I was thinking um, by writing. Yeah, absolutely. I, think, I feel you there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really think you're right. And I think that um, a lot of people still have very similar experiences. And honestly, it's easier to have relationships like that now and friendships like that now yes. with the internet and with social media. Um, which is something I really loved about Taylor and Izzy's friendship because it exists almost entirely online. And I think Mm -hmm. even when people live closer to each other, friendships and relationships now do have a large, like, online or digital element. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So why did you want to explore, I guess, like, that side of, like, a modern relationship and, like, with the pen pal thing? Yeah. They're sending pictures and videos and everything like that yeah for me I guess um you know this experience as well I guess I moved from Byron Bay about 10 years ago now and came here to Sydney where I oh I think you know I had no family I uh, I think I had a one or two friends like I didn't have a lot of connections here I came here after university to obviously you know, uh, get myself ahead in my career and so forth. And, um, yeah, a lot of the ways that I was communicating, and especially in this last oh, 15 months that I've now been in Queenstown, um, you know, away again from a lot of the connections in my life, I was very much using things like, you know, Instagram um, direct messages or, you know, Facebook instant messenger or email or Skype. Like they've been my primary forms of connecting um, with, Mm. you know, some of the most important people in my life. So 
for me, yeah, I really wanted to tell this story um, in a modern way and in a way that kind of felt really natural for our time. Yeah, and I think it is. I mean, reading Long Distance Playlist um, and thinking about how many, you know, late night conversations I had with my friends on my phone yeah. when I shouldn't have been on my phone in my bed <laughs> and, <laughs> and now, of course, um, well, everyone knows Michelle's in the UK. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Our entire friendship now exists online because we're on different continents. <laughs> yes. Um, and I also recently moved to Sydney, so it's the same with the rest of my friends and family. Yeah. It's, it's a much larger um, element of some of our friendships than perhaps mm. most of us would like to admit. Yeah. <laughs> that it's, you know, sending messages or texting or yeah. tagging someone in a meme on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, I'm thinking of you. Here is a meme I know you'd enjoy. That's such yeah. a huge part of friendship of my relationship with Jack yeah. like yeah that's how you know someone cares yeah <laughs> and I love that I love that about you know like uh, some of the things that I I would get tagged in you know I'd wake up in the morning in Queenstown this was in the early days when I you know I felt like I knew nobody and I was still very homesick and you'd see something like this and you know be something hilarious and it would just brighten your morning so I love that about um you know our world now and I mean that's that's probably not that obviously the the ability to communicate that that is the moment that you think someone would enjoy is new but the fact that you might look at something and think oh you know this person who I know you know my mum who's seven hours away or something like that they'd really enjoy this yeah they and you and you have that moment where you think about them at least now you can sort of share that with them and let you let them know that you're thinking about them and I think that's really sweet yeah, absolutely. Mm. Like very yeah. special thing. Yeah. Um, so obviously you've already touched on this a little bit, um, but do you want to go into a little bit more detail about, you know, how moving overseas did actually influence the novel? Because like you said, you've had this idea for a while. Mm. So how though did, you know, actually moving to Queenstown, having those experiences impact writing this novel and do you think that's going to have a big influence on your writing in the future Mm. yeah no it was it was um really interesting I started writing um the novel in 2017 so um I'd been visiting Queenstown uh, for a good couple of weeks every single year for a good five or six years before this so you know a lot of the places in the novel you know down Queenstown um you know by the lakeside there or out at Jack's Point um you know where Taylor and his best friend Finn go golfing or you know Cardrona ski field where um you know my husband and I spent days and days and days um hanging out there like being able to um you know really immerse yourself in these places um that absolutely like I really wanted to bring to the book that kind of sense of of um you know wonder that Taylor has being a snowboarder you know that he absolutely loves being in the mountains and the magic of the mountains and the I think New Zealand as well just it is there's so much of it that is untouched that is um you know the natural world and the environment and the landscape um it's 
it's breathtaking. Like for me in itself, it's almost like a character in the book, I guess. Um, and, you know, when, when Taylor and Izzy are able to experience it together. So I was obviously writing the book of, did the first draft here in Sydney um, and I had some trips over there that I had done um, for research and so forth. And then the really magical thing was um, I sort of had handed in the draft um, that had come back to me and I needed to do some work on structure and um, refining the novel and so forth. And um, at that time we had just moved over to Queenstown. So for me being able to be there and sitting at my desk and looking out at these amazing mountains and, you know, again, visiting all of these spots and these spots from the novel becoming part of my everyday life, yeah, really magical. And I hope that that's kind of, uh, you know, the, the sense of the place has um, infiltrated the novel, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> So then how did you find writing not only from two perspectives mm. but two different locations and swapping between them? Mm. I loved um, writing between two perspectives, actually. I'd, um, I'd done a little bit of that in my previous um, novel, My Best Friend is a Goddess, which was about um, two girls. It was about female friendship, so we'd sort of seen – a story told from both Emily and Adriana's point of view. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, with this other novel, it had actually started out with quite a few more um, voices in there and so forth because you've got, um, you know, in the novel you've got text messages between, you know, say Izzy and her best friend and, um, you know, Taylor and his best friend Finn and you kind of get this interaction and Izzy and her sister and parents and so forth. So, um, it had actually been more voices, and I really, I really loved kind of writing. I found Taylor's voice was the one that, you know, when I was first drafting the novel, it was incredibly strong. Mm -hmm. um, like whole fragments of of him talking and so forth. I'd be doing other things, and it would pop into my mind, and I'd have to you know, I'd be doing something else, I'd be at work or out and about and I'd have to scribble it down. Um, it was, I loved that. Um, and with Izzy, like a lot of her character kind of came as the novel um, progressed. I sort of knew she was this very, very dedicated um, ballerina and she was hardworking and she was focused. But, yeah, a lot of her personality sort of felt like it was um, – being excavated or something like that as I was writing. It's very interesting. So I loved, um, you know, it kind of shows you, I guess, what's going on um, between the two as well because you get to see both sides. You know, if they've had a disagreement about something, you're kind of seeing his take on it and her take on it. So, yeah, I loved I loved that part of writing the book. Mm. I do love it when there's two perspectives because then – you're like, oh, no, something happened or whatever, and, like, one of them is, like, all worried about something or mm. whatever <laughs> has happened, and then you swap over to the other one and they just, like, completely on a different yeah. playing field. And you're like, oh, they're worrying mm -hmm. about nothing. And it's so, yeah. like, I mean, if only we could do that in real life and get some insight <gasps> into what other people oh, are thinking. It but, really <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how did you um go about actually creating the playlist too did you 
how, how did you decide what songs to include and did anyone help you at all with that or was it all you? It was an interesting one actually. Um, I was creating it as I went. Like I obviously knew that like playlists are a big part of the book um, mm. and I kind of knew that it was going to be a big part of the book, um, you know, from the outset. And I found I was in my Spotify. So Spotify was a huge part of like my writing um, process, particularly in the first draft. I kind of – it's almost like a weird thing of I would have my Spotify on discovery and – it's almost like I would hear a song and I would be thinking this is perfect like for this book this is the sort of feel um, of the novel so as I was going I was sort of I think I called it like book in progress or something like that so <laughs> I was just adding songs um, you know here and there to that and sort of pulling it together um, and then I knew that obviously, um, you know, there's, there's songs about you're better off without him and um, you know, songs about going <laughs> yeah. through breakups and everything. Um, so I, I think I did a bit of a shout out, um, you know, if I was struggling with putting a particular playlist together, I would sort of say to people, oh, look, what's your, what's your um, breakup song that you listen to when you just want to like absolutely – dwell in your misery um and I would sort of throw that out there on on Instagram um and people would send me like ideas um and I'd have a bit of a listener and go oh actually that's like a fabulous song um you know do you mind if I include your pick here in the in the book so that was quite fun and quite interactive um but yeah this original playlist that um I created to write the book um, probably had about 250 songs or something on there. So there's a bit of whittling down, yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness, that's a lot. But, yeah. no, the playlists are so fun. I mean, like, reading through the book, like, just myself, I can remember, like, reading through them and, like, scrolling through the playlists and being like, yay, Taylor Swift, and then being like, ooh, Ariana Grande, good choice. And, like, you know, it is a bit interactive <laughs> because, you people will read it and be like oh yeah I love that song yeah you know? like it's that yeah. little extra yeah almost like a real life element because mm. there's songs that we all listen to as well yeah, um, yeah. and music's such a big you know part I think of, of most people's lives you know your soundtracks to different things and moments in your life so yeah it's so it's really cool to be able to actually share that in the book and then we've got an official Spotify playlist um that my publicist has created that accompanies the book um so I'm so excited to be able to share that with readers as well and sort of have the fun of knowing that they could be listening along um to particular playlists um at particular points of the book yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's so we fun and so we much. will absolutely be linking that playlist oh, now um, in the episode description and in our show notes so that people can yeah. listen to the awesome songs you've chosen oh, um, but I have like a little quick question about this yes because something that just popped into my head when I was maybe like halfway through the novel mm. and thinking about playlists and like what songs remind me of books and all these things and um did it ever occur to you or has anyone else ever told you that just like, so Taylor is a snowboarder. Yes. 
Izzy does ballet. Yep. It's kind of like Skater Boy by oh, Avril Lavigne. <laughs> that is true. And, you know, I listened to a lot of Avril Lavigne when I was about 18 years old and my last Avril. year of high school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe it's infiltrated. Yeah, it's just like it's just in your brain and you didn't even realize yeah yeah <laughs> no I just I mean that's a great song obviously but I was yeah like halfway through and I was like yeah she does ballet and I was like snowboarding oh. it's like it's skateboarding just on yeah track. Like, yeah, it is. absolutely <laughs> that's how they um you know that's how it's kind of described and a lot of the snowboarders um skate as well you know so that is so funny and yeah good pick up from that I haven't heard <laughs> Thank you. there we go <laughs> actually fun fact uh Jack has just bought a one wheel skateboard electronic skateboard thing but yeah. you ride it like a snowboard it's basically like Whoa. snowboarding but like not on the on snow. land oh wow <laughs> well I mean technically <laughs> you're on land when it's you're always on too, land so. of course yeah, yeah, like oh that, I was going to say that and then halfway through I was like, no, that's not the right thing. No, it's on land. It's not surfing. <laughs> I guess it is also like surfing. Yeah. But, yeah, I've had a go on it and um, it's very tricky. But, yes. Um, so, actually, on, on the topic of skating um, yes. and snowboarding, um, let's have a chat about Taylor. So, yes. he had a snowboarding accident before the novel starts um in the land before the novel starts um can you tell us a little bit about that and about why you wanted to sort of include that theme in the novel yes yeah no this was um this was a really it's a really important part of the novel and a really uh, something that's very close to my heart as well his story um so my husband's um best friend who was groomsman at our wedding um his name is anthony and he's oh this amazing um musician and incredibly intelligent and funny and um just like the life of any party um uh, so he's we're very close, and he's also like um, Taylor, uh, a baloney um, amputee. So um, it was for me, you know, writing about Taylor's story. You know, I kind of from being, I guess, you know, seeing the scene of 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 novels and how important you know the own voices novels are and how important you know representation is as well um of disability for me i really really wanted to be able to uh, you know get as much know as much as i possibly could um you know about the reality and sort of the challenges and the things that um you know anthony had been through um, so he was an immense help to me during the writing of um, the novel and, you know, for sort of uh, getting into Taylor's headspace um, post-accident and as he's in recovery and as he's kind of, um, you know, gone from um, sort of being at this professional snowboarder to then kind of going, um, what's next? Is he getting back into the sport? What's what? Where to kind of from here? So, you know, uh, Anthony was amazing in terms of, um, you know, I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of things I really wanted to, to know about both, um, you know, in terms of, 
uh, let's say, um, prosthesis, from, um, you know, uh, conversions of um, accelerators and cars, all sorts of practical things, as well as, um, you know, the emotional landscape. So, yeah, um, he was absolutely amazing um, at helping and, and giving input into the into the book. That's so wonderful. Yeah, no, I felt, you know, and then for me, I guess as well, like um, it's it's to to sort of pop that representation into the book. That's a really important thing, you know, because I know that there will be other people reading it who have had similar experiences or, you know, maybe people who haven't who then go on to learn more, um, you know, yeah. about, about um, you know, that particular disability or about, you know, the incredible um, adaptive snowboarding scene, which was amazing to, you know, to research and to learn more about these athletes, um, you know, from all around the world and Australians, um, Americans, Canadians, like men and women, like just ugh, incredible athletes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a wonderful character. And um, <laughs> I think it's really nice to hear that he's sort of inspired by a real life friend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. No. <laughs> and he, he must, he must enjoy that too like did he you know enjoy the process of collaborating with you on that and like giving his input what what was his response when he read the final copy he's actually um yet to to sort of read the final 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 version we've got a copy going out to him this week which is very exciting <laughs> um and obviously like readers will see in the back um you know a little bit more about him and the acknowledgements and everything but yeah no i mean he was amazing he he was um i was in sydney and again he was <laughs> at a distance he was in another um he was in adelaide at the time and you know um sort of we were we would have these conversations on the phone and he was amazing like he would sort of be look there's no stupid questions because sometimes I, you know there would be things that I would just as you as a writer I guess you you want to try and um yeah be as truthful and uh, as sensitive and um you know as in-depth as you really can learn as much as you can so yeah he was kind of no holds you know no bars held on that which was mm. yeah I'm very thankful to him. Yeah. Oh, lovely. lovely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, sometimes we're on the same wavelength entirely. <laughs> yeah. Oceans oh. be damned. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Tara, the Long Distance Playlist is your fourth novel. Um, so do you kind of feel like a publishing pro now? Was there anything oh. that was a bit different this time around or, you know, I suppose, lessons learned from the last three or anything that you've implemented as you've continued to publish books? I feel I feel so lucky to, to be on my fourth book. Like, I think, you know, as time goes on and, and I think back to when I was 15 years old and I, I, I imagine going back in time and, and telling, you know, 15-year-old Tara, like, you're, you're going to be doing what, you know, you used to imagine. You used to 
adore reading and adore, um, you know, all you thought about was books and authors and everything. So I just feel so lucky. But, um, yeah, it's been a really amazing. I first published my first book in 2012 and I was very um, green. Um, you know, I'd, I'd come out of publishing and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that um, uh, to come. But, you know, I was learning all about the particular you know scene and I didn't know anything about what awards were what or what um, organizations were what I I um you know a lot of my learning has come in the years since um and I've been really lucky to um publish with HarperCollins and to have an amazing um publisher Lisa who's really you know she's been with me since the beginning and um, I've had incredibly positive experiences um, with the editing process. I'd say every single novel is different um, and it's different in its challenges um, and sort of like with my third novel, I found that the toughest one to write. I'm not sure if that was because it was a more uh, perhaps some of the themes were a lot darker or sadder or that particular novel um I'm very proud of it but it was yeah a lot of um a lot of blood sweat and tears whereas with this fourth novel I I just loved writing I loved escaping uh, you know into the world of of Izzy and Taylor and beautiful Queenstown and yeah amazing but um yeah I had different with this one I had a different editor for the first time actually um I had the same editor for books one two and three and then I had a new editor um called Alex for this fourth one and um she was amazing like she I tend to write very I write long novels I cost myself <laughs> a lot of work my poor publisher I'll hand Lisa like a novel of 150,000 words and they're meant to be 100,000 words. So that's a third of the book that usually ends up getting culled out of it. Um, so, yeah, I tend to do a bit of editing, remove words, but then that editor that will take my book, um, so Alex um, in this particular scenario, um, she was just really incredible at recognising the story that I wanted to tell um, and the things that I felt were really important to include in that and the feel of the novel. And I've just felt really, really lucky um, to have her guiding that edit um, and the whole team there at HarperCollins. Like I just, you know, it's never easy to see, you know, to get back your novel and, and to have marks all over it and, you know, you suggestions on all these things to, to cut and to change and, you know, you kind of go through this process of, of going, okay, um, let's have a look at this again. And um, But they make your novels so much better and I'm really, really lucky um, to have amazing editors and um team at Harper so yeah I mean I've never Wonderful. edited a novel but I actually love the process of being edited professionally like I feel like yes. it pushes you because I'm such a nerd and I'm like oh my god I'm such a people pleaser I want to do the best yeah uh, working <laughs> with an editor is like it's really fun because you you are you're just like hmm. pushing yourself to do the best possible thing and 
I just really love like that's the the points where I felt like I've learned so much and when I look yes. back on my writing in general um any advice I give to people you know is often what I've learned doing that stuff so yeah, yeah I I am a total nerd like that <laughs> yes yes and I think like yeah exactly what you say like I feel like as time has gone on I've become uh, you know so much more trust in that process and I can mm. really see where they you know they they see it with fresh eyes and they you know they they really know what they're doing and um yeah to to see to you know for me to go back and have a look at the novel as it was originally at the end of when was it start of 2018 and then to look at the novel now um yeah no they've done an amazing job Mm. amazing well Um, so have you congratulations on the new novel (laughs) obviously a lot of work from you as well it's not it's a whole team effort but you've done the hard yards (laughs) (laughs) it's quite funny actually um you know with your novel releasing to sort of that feeling of taking you know when your author copies arrive and it's the finished copy and you take it out of the box and it's sort of as it this moment it's really hard to describe but it yeah it's like the two years or two and a half years of work um sort of right there in your hand um yeah it's an incredible feeling <laughs> oh I can't even imagine Amazing. um yeah but speaking of the cover is so awesome also oh. Hazel at Harper, um, who's the she's amazing, designer, she's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, she's so talented. Like, uh, as soon as I saw that, I just yeah, I think it encapsulates the novel and the feel of the novel and the, you know, that just it's fun and it's fresh and it's modern and yeah, I'm so grateful to her. I know. I mean, it really does. I mean, they're both sitting on a phone. They're both holding devices, yeah. wearing <laughs> headphones. The title is in, like, text bubbles. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. good. <laughs> so clever. Like, I couldn't get over the, the sitting on the phone and the, the love heart and the phone and I just, oh, yeah, no, it's um the <laughs> <a> dream cover. <laughs> and, look, I hate to be that person that's like, great, you've done that thing, what's next? But, um, you know, we do always like to end on, you know, what are you working on at the moment? Yes. What's are you are you working on any other fiction projects or is it just all release focused at the moment? At the moment it's um, release focused. I kind of, because I work um, quite intensively on the novels and I'm balancing the novels, writing of the novels usually with, um, I also have like a nine to five um, as well. So in those particular intense times when I'm doing the drafts and doing the edits, I'm often, yeah, I'm a bit exhausted mentally after um, after kind of doing them. I like to take a bit of time and um, refresh and um, my father's an artist, so I kind of grew up seeing this process of him um, you know, he would work ferociously at a canvas, um, you know, and he would be just all the time, like, incredibly focused. And then he would finish that particular project and he would always take this time to kind of absorb other art and get new inspiration. And that's kind of what I do as well. It's that time of letting my brain kind of 
percolate and I, you know, I take in other forms of art, whether that's, you know, paintings or music or movies or, yeah, TV series. Like um, you just never know kind of what's going to start percolating in your brain and um, ticking away there. I'm really um, excited to obviously want to start working on um, something new again, another YA. I love writing YA. Um, and sort of two ideas that I'm tossing up at the moment, but I'm kind of seeing which one, one I feel most passionate about or which one can kind of be fleshed out to be, you know enough of a of a story and enough to you know that I feel that my um, readers would enjoy as well. So I hope hopefully um, next year I'll have some more news on on something, a new book. Um, fingers crossed. Oh great! Well yeah, then we won't cry too much on what those ideas are. We <laughs> do try and be like, um, yeah. just tell us sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I always want to. I'm terrible. At, terrible at keeping. Um, secrets to do with books. I know a lot of people sometimes when they sign novels, they're like, oh, I've signed a new YA book and, um, you know, be out and more details later and I'll just want to give the whole synopsis and tell everybody. (laughs) I've just signed it. It. unedited you can read it here yeah <laughs> and I feel you know you feel alone but then I just I just want to share it I just want to share the world with everybody else so I can hopefully have fun with it and yeah so um it's very very hard for me to keep my mouth shut about things <laughs> I feel um, well, you on that so much that's some of the funniest sometimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely oh yeah um well I think that's probably a good note to end it on. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me um, and thank you for the fabulous questions and it's been just <laughs> wonderful to talk to you um, about the new book. Thank you. Um, I'm honoured to be on the podcast. We were honoured to have you, Tara. Oh, thank you so much, Caitlin. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. So, Tara, the book is out now, so everywhere can everyone can go and find it in their local bookstore. Is that right? Yes, yes, in Australia and New Zealand, um, out now. So, yeah, happy reading to, to everybody. Oh, wonderful. And where where can people find you online? Yes, um, so they can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, um, all um, under Tara Eglinton. Perfect. And we are going to pop a link to the Spotify playlist the associated playlist from the book in the in the show notes so people can go and listen along to that which I think is I just love that it's so good yeah no that's wonderful (laughs) excellent well thank you and um yeah we never know how to end this yeah (laughs) thank you so much Bye. Bye. bye thanks for listening to this week's episode of better words if you enjoyed it We'd love it if you left a rating or review on iTunes. It really would mean the world to us. And you can also find us at our website, betterwordspodcast.com and on social media at betterwordspod on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Bye. Bye.